everybody. Welcome to the Patty G Show. I'm your host, Patty G. We are here with Brandon Landry, founder of Walk-Ons. We're going to be talking about getting things started from the back of a napkin, where they've grown to today, and some other ventures he's in as of now. But before we get to that, I want to give a big, wonderful shout-out and thank you to the amazing partners that make this show possible each and every week. Government Taco, Falaya Real Estate, Lake Men's Health Center, Horizon Financial Group, Currency Bank, Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, and Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge. Without further ado, Brandon, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. Appreciate you having me. I appreciate you taking the time and coming here and sitting down and talking with us for a little while. I always like just telling our story. Well, like, for those that aren't aware, man, who is Brandon Landry and what do you do? Well, first and foremost, I'm a father of three and a husband. (laughs) Yeah, I got (laughs) to mention that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm the founder of Walk-Ons, and so I was uh, almost 20 years now. It's hard to believe. 20 years? Yeah, we make 20. Congratulations, We man. make 20 next year in September of 23. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it's been, a, it's been a crazy ride, but it's been fun, man. That's incredible. So 20 years in the business. I mean, how did all of this get started? Yeah, so my founding partner, Jack Warner, and I, we were uh, walk-ons in the LSU basketball team and figured out pretty early on in our career that we probably weren't going to play in the NBA making money playing basketball. Uh, my junior year, I played seven minutes. So if you guys didn't know anything about per, that. Per game? No, or? per season. Okay. Uh, that's what I said. For, you, for anybody that knows anything about basketball, that's not a whole hell of a lot. And uh, so I, I figured, you know, I better explore some other options here and um, – Look, uh, it, it was it was an idea. We were on a plane ride on the way back from the University of Tennessee in Knoxville in 1999. We had got beat by uh, about 35 points that night. And uh, those little Bevnaps we have on the plane, and we started doodling on it. And we said, man, we ought, to, we ought to open up a restaurant. Now, 19, 20-year-old kids, it was just an idea. I mean, that's not every 19 and 20-year-old kid is thinking that thought. I'm sure they are, but, I mean, look, it was – it was the napkin right there, right? And, uh, so we, we, we came back, and we were in an entrepreneurship class at LSU with Dr. Robert Justice and did it as a school project. It was a business plan project. Okay. And we did that and uh, got a C on the project. And, uh, you know, Dr. Justice told us it wasn't necessarily the idea. We just needed some help with the business plan. And so okay. uh, that walk-on mentality kicked in at an early age, and we said, you know what, let's keep trying at this. Let's, let's not give up. Let's, let's try to improve upon this. And so uh, we did, and we, we just kept working on our business plan. And, um, you know, it, it, what they don't teach you in school is uh, what happens when you get turned down by the banks, right? Uh, right. You know, I know we got a great sponsor, Currency Bank here, who actually we do a lot of business with now. But um, – you know, I, look, as far as we knew at the time, you, you put a good business plan together, you go buy a cheap suit, you walk into these offices and you say, hey, here's our business plan. We need a loan. You get money, right? No, that's not the way it works. <laughs> it's not uh, that easy, Brandon? No, it's not that easy at all. And so we got turned down by the first six banks. Uh, okay. And all of them were, yeah, we love your idea, but no. And this is this is in 2001, uh, 2002, not long after 9-11. Okay. And so for anybody that remembers, they were really trying to get the economy stimulated again. You would they were, think it'd be ripe. Yeah. Yeah. They it's basically if you had a pulse and you could sign your name, you can get a loan. Well, not us two knuckleheads. And so what does a walk on do? You go to number seven. And uh, Mr. Mike Anderson here in Baton Rouge, not the restaurant tour, the banker. Okay. 
um, and he partnered with Mr. Andre Frugier, uh out of Louisiana Capital at the time, and uh, SBA. And Mr. Andre came in and said, look, if you guys are willing to bust your tail, we'll back you. And we said, what does that mean, sir? And he said, look, if you're willing to bust your tail, we will give you this loan. Uh, but it also means you got a lot of debt at an early age. Make sure you pay your note. <laughs> and so uh, the rest is kind of history. We got the, uh, it was supposed to be one restaurant. Okay. Uh, we got the original open in September of 03, like I just mentioned. And um, we were not good. In the beginning, I'll be the first to admit. I tell people all the time for those guys and gals that went to the original restaurant in 03, 04, 05 maybe, I apologize. Uh, it, it was it was a good maybe game day hangout. You go in, you drink a beer, you watch a game, but you probably didn't eat much. Um, and fast forward to today, you know, we got 70-plus locations in 14 states, and we're kind of known for a sports bar that has good food, yeah. and um, especially with that taste of Louisiana. So it's uh, – Times have changed, uh, and I, I like to say the concept kind of grew and matured with us over the years. You know, when you're, I was 23 when we opened up the doors there, and you know, 23. Yeah, yeah. And so most of our staff and our management was, was older than us at the time, and didn't know a whole heck of a lot about the business. But that was the, you know, the the bad, but also the good. Um, I, I I tell people all the time, especially when I'm talking to our teams and and new management or new teammates that's coming on board is. We didn't know a darn thing about the restaurant business. All we knew was how to be a great teammate, how, how to be a part of a team. Being a part of a team is being part of something bigger than yourself. And being those 12th and 13th guys on the bench, we only knew how to help the team. And, and so we didn't go into it with this, oh, we know everything about the restaurant business attitude. We went into it. To, we we want to learn. We want to get better. But also, at the end of the day, we, we got we to gotta work, act, talk, play as a team and that's one thing that hasn't changed now we we add on systems and processes and every every x and o about running the best restaurant business we have now but we don't get away from that team philosophy and making sure that everyone uh, plays an important role right and staying true to yourself is probably key to the success of how y'all have grown so much over the last 20 years is remembering that original founding principle of hey we're all a team here we're all team players. Absolutely. Like, like, I mean, we have walk-ons university every month where new teammates that are joining in our management team, they come in and it's, uh, it's an in-depth dive into every department that we have. Uh, and it starts with me telling our story and, and talking like this and just say, look, look, like I just mentioned, we're going to tell you every, every question you may have about walk-ons and running a walk-ons, we're going to answer for you. But the only thing I want you to remember is just be yourself. Right. And, and make sure you, you, you take care of that family inside those four walls. And it starts with the family that works for us or works with us, our, our teammates. And, and then that, that if they feel tr like they're trusted and, and, and they trust you, then they'll do anything in the world for our guests. And, and that's how you build sales. Right. And right. The, the result is, is everyone making money but you got to do it the right way. And it's, it's, it's proven to be successful in brands that are a lot larger than ours. You know, the Raising Cane's, uh, you know, Todd's done an unbelievable job for almost 30 years now of, of, of living that same philosophy, Chick-fil-A, you know, In-N-Out Burger, the, the, the great ones out there uh, that, that do it. Um, it's, it's bigger than just making money. It's, it's doing it the right way. Yeah. And making sure that everybody knows you're doing it the right way. Absolutely. The whole, the whole way. So y'all had no prior restaurant experience to this. So I mean, because <laughs> yeah. 
thinking about it, 20 years old, you want to open this this sports bar, like I'm thinking, okay, maybe y'all were busting tables in high school and you got something, but to, then you, for you to say we're kind of learning this along the way, I mean, that's like a lot of entrepreneurs, though. So, so we got a little bit of experience. And so once we decided in college that we wanted to, okay, let's go do this, um, we started working at uh, just, just waiting tables, okay. um, busting tables, uh, uh, Rafino's, um, and Mellow Mushroom, Mike Anderson's, Chili's, who actually Jack and I went and got hired on when they were building the, the Chili's at Tanger Mall in Gonzales. Okay. It was their 892nd Chili's. I still remember that. So we went through their whole training process, and I was a server. He was a bartender, and then our kitchen manager that was coming with us, he got hired as a fry cook. And and so, so we, we kind of inundated, yeah, number 892 <laughs> for Chili's. Uh, hopefully we didn't start, stunt that growth too much, you know. <laughs> But uh, it, it was it was a learning experience for us, and so we did have some experience. But look, and, and looking back, man, it, it's 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 crazy to think what we did and how we did. It. I mean, it, it's I would never advise anyone to go our route. I mean, we didn't we we didn't get any management experience. I mean, it, it we didn't go in and maybe open up maybe a fifteen hundred to two thousand square foot spot and kind of learn going big we, we opened up a nine thousand square feet to a 300 and plus seat restaurant and check this out september 9th 2003 that was week two of lsu football and so six days four days after we're open uh there's 150,000 people next door it was great for sales but it was horrible for okay let's just kind of get our get our feet wet no we we dove triple flip into the pool head first you know and 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 to that point i made earlier that's why i mean we didn't we just didn't had no idea what the heck we would get into and but we learned and right. and um we survived those first couple of years and as bad as it's it may be in it sometimes you know and uh that location and and having game days and things like that uh Gave us a lot of, uh, you know, traffic around our restaurants, but also it it, it kind of, I mean, like we, we really couldn't F up opening up a Bud Light and pouring a Crown and Coke, you know, right. so That's we were kind of, yeah, so we were kind of the bar, you know, the bar that served, you know, half-assed cheese fries, you know, and, and now, like I said, it, it's, and we got really good cheese fries, right? And, and uh, you know, it's game day with the taste of Louisiana, and like I said, the, the further we get away from Louisiana now, um, the more popular our Louisiana cuisine is. And it's it's amazing how we get spoiled down here. You know, we can ride up and down this road and get etouffee and boudin balls and fresh Gulf seafood at probably 20 places in the next five miles. Right. That's not the same in Wichita, Kansas, or Fayetteville, North Carolina, or up in West Lafayette, Indiana. Or even down in the Florida, Florida. I mean, in in some of those markets, yeah, they got seafood, but nothing like a boudin ball in Tampa, Florida. And, and so we're uh, we're we're seeing lots of success, you know, as we get further and further away from our home state here. So, and in working in that from a logistics standpoint, how do you maintain that same flavor with every restaurant that you open in those different markets? I mean, that's not the easiest as to going down to you know. The local store and grabbing some boot amp supplies. No, you're right. It, it's, yeah, so we've worked really hard over the last decade plus of um, 
with our commissary, our third-party commissary down here that's actually down in Belrose, Louisiana, a la carte foods. Uh, Chris Landry, no relation. We may be somewhere down the line, but Landry, Landry's <laughs> like— you both from Louisiana. Landry's like yeah. Smith in Louisiana, man. So um, we, we've been his partner since um, almost day one. And uh, so all of our proprietary goods that need consistency are made right there in little Cajun Belrose, Louisiana. And so etouffees, gumbos, spin dips, Alfredo sauces, uh, anything like that uh, is made there. Um, and it's small batch cooking for us. Um, it's our recipes. It's not like, hey, man, make us an etouffee. No, we, right. we've worked over the years of perfecting exactly what we want. Um, and it's 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 pretty interesting technology how how this is done now that we can have our our small batch cook etouffee and and it goes from from boiling hot to flash frozen within forty five minutes and I can ship it anywhere in the world so anything like that that needs consistency uh, but as as far as in in we we still call ourselves a scratch scratch kitchen because I mean we are. We are making that. That's our recipes, and of course, everything um, that that that's not proprietary good. Uh, we're making in house in all of our seventy plus restaurants throughout the country. I think that is a testimony to the economic impact in Louisiana alone that restaurants like y'all and we talked about Canes can have with that proprietary recipes that's needed to come from your origin state of Louisiana. Absolutely, right? you got to have those seasoning blends. You got to have the locally sourced options. I mean, the economic impact alone from doing that yeah. is huge for the Louisiana economy. Absolutely. Fresh Gulf seafood and crawfish and everything that we're kind of known for out there. And I, I wouldn't trust, I mean, no offense, I wouldn't trust someone making, you, my, making our etouffee up in St. Louis, Missouri. You know, <laughs> I, I, just, I wouldn't trust it either. No, no. and I mean, it's. Uh, as I'm very proud to say that everything that we're making is right there in Belrose, Louisiana, 15 minutes from where I was born and raised in White Castle, Louisiana. So it's, uh, I love it. Yeah, you, you can't beat that local flavor. Even if, you know, we were in, I was in Montana for a vacation and went to a New Orleans-styled restaurant. They had yeah. gumbo on the menu. I said, we'll try the gumbo. Yeah. And you go, it's a little spicy now. I was yeah. like, okay, okay we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'll let you know. Yeah, I'll, I'll let yeah. you know. And you taste it, and you, you get like, hints that it could be Louisiana inspired, but yeah. you never get the same flavor yeah. that you get down here. And with what y'all are accomplishing with walk-ons and maintaining that across every location, it's huge. It, it was, it's near and dear to our heart, of course. Um, and, and the bre our bread too, you know, like our po' boy breads, uh, Langland eggs out of Lafayette, Louisiana. Yeah. And, and so it, it's everything that, that is Southway Errol's does our boudin, right? Right down in Pier Park, Louisiana. So, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's as Louisiana as you can get, and uh, we're shipping it all over the country now and, and, and soon maybe even across the world. Yeah, and I think that, again, that economic impact that you'll have isn't necessarily stressed enough when people look at the big brands that expand outside of Louisiana. It's we're not just blowing y'all up. <clears throat> You've got everybody involved is growing with you. Absolutely. Being able to take on your quantity. I mean, you can't have them say, sorry, Brandon, we can't get you your bread. And you're going to say, what's it going to take you to open up another shop down the street, buy more real estate so you can keep up with our growth? It's, I think it's a great example of what Chris Landry has done with a la carte. And, and he's invested millions of dollars over the last few years just getting ready um, and keeping up with our growth. And yeah. so 
you know, we're letting him know what, what, what our next three to five years look like and what that means for production. And he's been expanding. I mean, his building is probably quadrupled in size. That's incredible. Uh, since we've really started growing. So from y'all's model, it's not that y'all own every 70 location. It's mm-hmm. a franchise model, Correct. right? So let's talk through what went into that decision and not wanting to own and open up multiple stores. Yeah, so in 2012, um, we won. We were nominated for and actually won ESPN's number one sports bar in America. And... Our New Orleans location was was the one that technically won that award, right? But we had four locations at the time. And an award's an award. And and sometimes you get your little trophy, right? You put it on your on your little shelf and you feel good about yourself. But you know, with that award and with ESPN's name behind it, um, it gave us a little bit of credibility. And and right. people started asking and, and when they wrote the article on ESPN.com, why we want it. They, they talked about a few things, and a few few things that we hoped we were getting credit for at the time. One was Taste Louisiana. They talked about, man, you go into a sports bar and you can get duck and andouille gumbo and bacon-wrapped shrimp stuff with jalapeno and cream cheese served over sweet corn grits. Like, what is this place, right? <laughs> um, second thing they, they mentioned is a family-friendly sports bar. And they, they, they saw where, you know, at the times it was, it was big uh, – you know, the, the, the restaurant model, right? The, the Hooters, the Twin Peaks, the Tilted Kilts. And I was getting, we were, we were very, um, we, we made sure that, that we did not go down that path because we wanted, I wanted my, my mother and, and my nieces and nephews and my kids now to be able to come in our restaurant and, and feel comfortable. And, and the last thing they talked about was our culture and, and, and what was different. Like our people were happy to work there. And, and uh, it was just something they felt different. So those three things are kind of what we hung our hat on at the time and still do. But with that came lots of interest, and, and people started calling. And they were like, man, what, what is it about this place? I, I went down to New Orleans. I went to the Super Bowl. I went to the Final Four. I went, you know, that location really kind of opened up the not only state or the region, but the country's eyes right. to what walk-ons was. And so we, st- we started getting lots of inquiries about – you guys expanding? Are you are you franchising? Um, and then in 2014, a couple of years later, uh, a guy by the name of Drew Brees. Uh, Never heard called, of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he played that that he played a lot more than seven minutes. I'll just say that. <laughs> um, he he called and uh, never met him before in my life. And uh, you know, I get a call from his agent one day, and he's like, "Hey, uh, Brandon, this is Chris." And uh, Drew would like to set up a meeting and talk to you. And I was like, okay, I've never met the guy before in my life, but yeah, why not? So he calls me back like an hour later. He said, look, I just picked up Drew for practice. I got Drew in the car. And Drew's like, what's up, Brandon? I'm like, hey, Drew Brees, what, what's up? <laughs> and uh, he's like, look, man, I'd love to sit and talk and, and talk about the, the concept. And so he came in and um, he's like, look, I, I and, and by this time, uh, my founding partner, Jack, had sold out to our, our at the time, landlord in New Orleans. And so it was me and Rick Farrell at the time. And then Drew came in and said, look, I, I'd love to just be a part of this. Um, and, and, and so Drew ended up buying a portion of the company. And we sat down and we said, man, with all these inquiries and, um, you know, we feel like we got something now. Um, maybe we should entertain the, the model of franchising and, and see how it goes. And so we didn't, we didn't say, man, let's go all in. Let's just see how it goes. And so we had an interested group, our very first franchisee out of Lake Charles, Louisiana, CEO Valet. 
And then we got a call from Chris McJunkins, our first one on Shreveport, Louisiana. Okay. And um, we worked with those two guys, and they opened up in Lake Charles and Shreveport within a month of each other in 2015. And they, they, they were lined up down the street. And, and the sales that we had coming out of those two markets, it was like, whoa, we, we may have something here. And, and especially in Shreveport, um, where it's not South Louisiana, Right, and but they and, still and, have that Louisiana. But they they ambition. do, but but they don't have as many, I guess, Louisiana restaurants or right, Louisiana yeah. inspired restaurants up there. And so, we just saw the amount of of seafood and and, and the sales coming out there. And so, and then that opened the, people's eyes as they were coming to eat at those restaurants. We had Houston groups going to Lake Charles. We had Arkansas and and Texas groups up in Shreveport, and and then it just kind of took a life of its own. And um, you know, our our, our our best franchise sales department are our current franchisees, you know, when they go in and they eat in those restaurants. And so CEO, um, he ended up opening Port Arthur, Texas since then. And he's, he's going to do Beaumont here. And Chris McJunkin started off with one. He has seven walk-ons now in North Louisiana and North, Northwest Arkansas up in the Conway Rogers, Fayetteville, Dunes, Jonesboro. And so, those guys have really grown our brand. And then uh, our largest franchisee is right here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Shane Morrison. I think he's got over 17 now and yep. uh, building up to over 30 here soon. So I think he's got six openings next year. we got to hold him to that, right? Yeah, we'll, um, we'll make sure it happens. Yeah, but it, it's uh, – man, it's it's been – you know, for me, the, the franchise model, you know, a lot of people say, well, why, why wouldn't you all do it on your own? Um, and, 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 yeah, that, there's parts of us that, that said – you know, with with our volumes, you know, we're, we every restaurant averages over five million bucks a unit, and and you think, man, you do it corporately, and and, and so, but I don't know if we'd have been as successful. I, I really don't, you know, because I, I think I, th- I think we could have operated right, but I mean, there's something that, to be said about you know a local owner in in those markets, you know, like CEO is is Mr. Lake Charles, right? I mean, and and they knew he was. He, he was Mr. Walk-Ons, and, and i never forget, you know, before he opened up or right after he opened up, he was walking around town or somewhere with a walk-on shirt on. He said, man, I thought I was popular before. He goes, now <laughs> I'm really popular. And same thing with Chris. And then our, our guys out of Lubbock, Texas, they came in. You know, they, they went to Texas Tech. They go to school there. They, they, they go to church in the market. Their families, I mean, and, and it's their walk-ons. And so as we're growing throughout the country, the, these local franchisees, it's – it's something, like I said, it's something to be said about local ownership. And yeah, it's our brand and we're going to protect it and we're, we're supporting them like crap. I mean, it's, it's almost the hybrid model because we put so much support in it. It's my baby, man. It's, it's like we are, I'm at every opening. I'm, I'm making sure that, that we're doing our teams or it's not just, oh, go check the, check the boxes. Like we are in there making sure that we're walking, talking, you know, looking like a walk-ons each and every day. And so. It's it's been great. Now we've got some some bigger names that have, have joined our team as our franchise groups. Uh, Dabo Sweeney's out on the East Coast. He's he's doing kind of the Carolinas. Uh, Derek Brooks just signed up. They're going to do some of the Midwest markets. Uh, Dak Prescott's part of our our Dallas Fort Worth group. Uh, Devin White's part of our Tampa group. Uh, Smiley Kaufman's up in the Birmingham market. And so it's uh, not that we're actively you know trying to go after big names or something, but it's it's been fun to really attract some of those names. Well, and it, it ties in with their own brands, right? It does. So they, when you go after the players in the sporting industry and football and what they're after, they're after that 
sports atmosphere, that sports bar atmosphere, and then they can always tie back their reasoning to, well, you got best sports bar in America from ESPN. You know, Drew Drew mentioned it, uh, and he, he still does interviews and things like that, and they ask him why, and he said, look, it's it's probably every athlete's dream in, in the world to, to own a sports bar, right? And and Drew talked about it. It's like when he when he found us, he said, that was it. Yeah, why why recreate what you guys have already done? He said it was it was important to him and family friendly. You know, it wasn't just a guy's beer drinking hangout. Um, he could bring his wife. He could bring his kids there. Uh, the food was good, um, and and it was just a story behind it. It's because whether you know he wasn't necessarily a walk on, but he was kind of treated like one, right? Because he's a Texas guy and. And you grew up in Texas, especially in the in the '90s. He he was my year coming out in 1997. I mean, it was you want to go to Texas, you want to go to A and M, you want to even go to Baylor, and no one wanted him. He went up to Purdue because that's where he had a scholarship offer. And then you know he goes to San Diego and gets hurt, and no one wanted him after that, right? Nick Saban said his shoulder wasn't well enough to play for the Dolphins, so he had one spot to go. It was New Orleans. After Hurricane Katrina, it was really literally the only team that would take him, and I think we all know what 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 happened after that. He brought yeah. some greatness. He did. He did. And so it, he's kind of that that underdog mentality, and kind of that yeah. He got a scholarship, but he he had that walk on mindset as well. Well, and it's also playing to the players' mentality of we got the playbook. You so, know, walk ons as a franchisee, you get the playbook of how to run the restaurant, how to run, how to make the plays, how to do what you need to do to execute efficiently and effectively. That's exactly right. Whereas if they go and start their own restaurant, they have to rewrite the whole playbook. You do. And brand is big. And 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 what we do and what I, I, I can tell you I spend the majority of my time is 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 making sure that our culture is scaling the right way. That's because tough it, it's to it do. is tough. It is tough, but it's but it can be done if it's important to you. You know, for, for me, our, our, our purpose, our company purpose is to bring people together. It, you, everyone has to have a purpose. Every company, every human being, you have to have a purpose in life. And if you start with the purpose first versus the result, a lot of people get in this business that I want to make money. You're done. You know, I mean, I mean seriously. <laughs> you I mean, won't, if, you won't last if, long. If yeah. that's your purpose, really, in, in any business, if you just go, I got to go make money, you need to rethink it because you you got to you have to have a, a, a larger purpose and so for us it's 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 to bring people together and our vision is to be more than a restaurant and inspire that lifestyle that celebrates that underdog mindset. It's nothing about being the biggest, the baddest, the most restaurants, the highest sales volume. Those things will be results if if we if we live our purpose and our vision. Right. And 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 so that's what. I, I try to do each and every day. Or are we living this way? Are we doing the right things? Or, and and guess what? Everyone that does every every I'm not saying we're perfect. I'm not saying every one of our restaurants just absolutely knocks it out of the park. There's opportunities, of course, everywhere. But the ones that have that in the forefront each and every day, and making sure that man, they're going in there to bring people together, where whether it's their community, whether it's their team. More than likely, those restaurants are at the top of our list as far as sales volumes. Yeah, because you have those owners that are embedded in that community. Absolutely. You don't have to go in as outsider brand Landry coming with a brand. You're coming in with these people that are already in there. Like you said, they go to church there. They live there. They're yeah. the, the mayors of their town. And when people go there, they're supporting them, which in turn makes the brand get all the more better. Right. Because they see somebody 
they may not necessarily know you directly or yeah. trust you directly. But they know the but story. They know the story. They know the story. And they know the owner, and that's who they trust. And if they know that he can get behind your brand and your story, so can they. That's exactly right. Like our Tampa market. I mean, we have three restaurants in the Tampa market. It's some of our top sales restaurants in the system. And, yeah, real estate's important, of course. You're always looking at real estate. But it's it's what's happening inside those four walls. It, it's those operators over there. It, it's I mean, they're they're living and breathing our purpose and vision each and every day. And as a result, they make a lot of money. That's just the after effect, you know. Absolutely. Speaking on what you said about if you're in it for the money, you'll shut your doors down and not make it. Those first several years when y'all were battling, getting the brand off the ground, working through those mistakes of probably having a lot of comp meals yes. or a lot of comp tickets. If you were in it for the business of making money, you'd have stopped after two or three years and yeah. said this isn't worth it. Yeah, it it was it was tough. And I go back to you know, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And that that was yeah. the advantage of of being young and inexperienced. It was just like, let's just work hard. Let's just make sure people are happy. Let's just make sure we build this team. And yes, there was plenty of sleepless nights and you know, man, are we gonna make payroll? And it's even if once we started growing, you know, I mean, it it got to a point. I mean, because growth is tough. Growth is really tough. And it, there's a there's a fine line where you can keep it small and and to manage everything. And then there's 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 the other spot where okay okay you 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 can get big and you can add infrastructure that middle ground is, is a tough area and yeah. and and it's either you got to make a decision whether you downsize and keep it small and keep it running tight or you got to go to the next level and and so those years were interesting and uh, it it was it was tough but you know I always just believed that. This brand uh, had an opportunity to to be a household name, to to be in every market in this country, and and soon to be globally. And and we're on our way now. And and look, plenty of work to do. I'm not, like once again, I'm not saying that. Yeah, we're God's gift to restaurants now, and and it, but we work hard each and every day. Our 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 team is it's everyone's just in there to first and foremost bring people together. And so whether it comes to marketing finance, operations, HR, like everyone in our organization is like, what are we doing to bring people together and to, and to inspire that lifestyle that embraces that underdog mindset? If we're doing that, everything kind of comes together. Yeah. And going back to the, the restaurant side of, they say opening the ninth and 10th store is easy. The 20th or the 30th store is also very easy when you have the systems in place, but it's going from one to two. Toughest. That can be the most challenging. That, that is it. Not not can be is but because think about it. When you and I guess it's in any business. If you have one store, whatever it may be, right? You you can be there. I mean, if you really want to, you can be there all the time, right? You 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 can you can test every item. You you can make sure the air conditioner is on the right side. Just going from one to two, you can't cut yourself in half, right? You you can't be in both spots, and so you have to. You understand very quickly that it, there has to be a system and a process behind everything versus, I mean, just as simple as what TV station that the TVs has to be on and, and uh, you know, what, what the music, uh, what the decimal levels have to be at certain day parts. Whereas if you're in there, you're like, oh, we, can, we need to turn it up a little bit, right? right. But once you have two restaurants <laughs> you or two stores, there, yeah. it has to be, okay, it has to be on click number seven at four o'clock in the afternoon or it has to be here at nine o'clock at night. And so it's, uh, 
it was interesting just going from Burbank Drive to Corsi Boulevard and our our second location that is now okay. Town Center. We relocated that one in 2014, but. Uh, yeah, it's it was, and so two to three wasn't as bad, and and like I said, it uh, fifty to seventy was a lot was a lot easier than one to two, <laughs> a, a lot smoother. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So when did you know it was time to go to that second store? So you said before, like y'all, it was always a one store mindset. Yeah. When did that change from small restaurant industry to hey, maybe we can be a restaurant tour here? And really open some locations. Yeah, it was more the opportunity at the time. I don't even know if in 08. So we opened in 03. Five years later, uh, we we did the the, the Corsi location. Okay. And it was more of an opportunity of a building available. Um, it was the former O'Henry's at the time. And they left out of there. And so we said, you know what? That's a pretty cool building. Should we try a second restaurant? At that time, We you know, we had been five years over there. We had kind of, I wouldn't say gotten great, but I mean, We'd kind of figured out. I'd okay, we may kinks, yeah. we may make it right. We we, we may <laughs> make it at this point. And so, and, and and in between that, we had done some other concepts in here in Baton Rouge. We had done a live music venue, the Rue House downtown, and Happy's Irish Pub, and Schlitz and Giggles Pizzeria at the time. And so, we we'd kind of span expanded outside the the one restaurant and one brand. To be honest with you. But we said, you know what, walk-ons may work on that side of town, and we learned a whole lot right there. And then it even took another three years to 2011 before we did our third because it, it took so much time and effort just with the two restaurants and trying to be consistent in 2011, and that's when we went to Lafayette, Louisiana. And that was where we really kind of found our way, uh, I'll say that. And uh, You know, lots of doubts at the time because we were a Baton Rouge restaurant brand. Yeah, and it was kind of territory. Yeah, it was kind of an LSU spot, right? And a lot of people were like, "Man, these guys, you know, if it's not LSU or LSU game, they're not going to make it outside of Baton Rouge." But you know, over those nine, eight or nine years, we had really tried to start developing some some systems and some processes and improving the food and the quality. And we went to Lafayette with that mindset: let's be a restaurant first and foremost, and and the the bar will kind of not not a bar. Let's be a restaurant that has a bar, not a bar that serves food. And um, went to Lafayette, and and really that was the turning point for us when we went over there, and it was just super successful. And it's been over, you know, twelve years now, and it's it's still a great restaurant for us. And then we did New Orleans, like I said, and later on that year in two thousand twelve, and the ESPN Award, and then that's what really kind of catapulted the growth. Yeah, and I think that that Lafayette location, I'm sure, was also hard because you went from fifteen minute drive between the Burbank and the Corsi location to now I'm an hour away if yeah. something happens. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's, that's w- when you're in that mindset of the owners, it's, I've got to be at every, as many places as I can. Now you have a drive yeah. to get to that other location. And that was, that's why it was, it, we didn't realize at the time, but it was great that we did restaurant number two in Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we got those, those three or four years to really start developing systems and processes in town. And and then that way, when we went to Lafayette, we kind of built some systems, and it, and it helped manage that restaurant better. So, and you talk about the culture within the restaurant. Y'all post across y'all social media the Rumble. What is what is that? So that actually happened in Lafayette. Okay. Um, yeah, it's funny you say that right now because uh, we were we were busier than expected. Um, when we opened up the doors there and, and we had never even, you know, we, we'd experienced game days here, but the game days here at the time was just lots of alcohol. And so 
I think about, we opened up on a Monday on, on Valentine's Day, February 14th. Uh, 2011 and you know it, it kind of got through that day and then we got through um, the Tuesday with well, the Wednesday lunch I guess everyone and we we opened up to go as well and we had a line out the door and we had like a hundred to go orders and and we didn't cut it off and and, and then the, the tickets were double printing uh, it, it was oh my it, it, it was a complete mess and so we faked a gas leak and we told everyone at the door and in the restaurant is like, we're sorry. We have a gas leak in the building. We need to get everyone. I'm, I'm, I'm not joking. We get, we need to get everyone out of this building and uh, we'll buy your meal, but please come back and see us. This is just harmful because we, it was just a complete, can I cuss here? Yeah. It was a complete shit show. And, and so um, we ended up, we, we got together and we're like, okay, we can't let this happen again. First of all, let's not turn on to go until we take care of the people inside of us. So we opened up on the Thursday and when we told our team, we said, look, if we can run a smooth lunch shift and we can get these, these items out of the menu and we can clear this board, let's just go crazy. Let's go crazy. And you, you can flicker the lights. You can hit the, you can hit the counters. You can break a plate if you want, because we're from today on, we're not going to get our ass kicked. We're going to start kicking ass. Yeah, And that was really, and so that day the rumble started. So they cleared on that Thursday, they cleared the, all the tickets of 12, 30, one o'clock. And we all just went crazy. And we had a mindset that day like we were going to say. And so from that shift on, and that's been over, to, over 12 years now, uh, every shift at, at every walk-ons across the country, when we start the, the morning shift and the afternoon shift, when our teams come in, they rumble it out, and and now it's become kind of like you know our our call, right? It, it's 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 our uh, you know who are we walk-ons? Who are we walk-ons? What do we do when walk-ons on three? One, two, three walk-ons, and they beat on the tables, and it, it it's kind of like our rallying call. And it was kind of funny when 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 Drew, you know, and we had already started it, and then Drew bought in, and then of course he would do the you know, the Saints call before each game. So we, we got him to come in a few times and do the rumble, and that was, that was pretty epic. Yeah. I mean, that <clears throat> in and of itself really gets everybody feeling like a team. It does. It does. And, and look, we do it. It starts day one of orientation. Um, and, and, I mean, we just uh, we open next Monday in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. So they had orientation Saturday in, in, um, in, in Myrtle Beach. And it's 150 new team members and – some of them may know each other. The majority of them, they've never met anybody in that room. And within five minutes, we say, look, we are start off this with a rumble. And and you can kind of tell who, who's in it and who's not. It's almost kind of like a little job interview. Yeah, they hired, right? But we watch the room and see who's just kind of like, right, yeah, this isn't for me. Or the ones that are like, man, I'm so happy to be a part of this team. And like I said, it's, it's a lot of these kids, a lot of the, 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 the teammates that, that join – our walk-ons family, they, they may just be coming in there just to get a job, right? Right. And they may be coming in there to to support their families or maybe to have some beer drinking money during college. Um, but a lot of them don't realize when they when they when they enter that room or when they come, they they join a family, and and we give them a path. and And I can't tell you how many stories we have that just they came in there and they're like, "Man, I thought I was just gonna come be a server, or a bartender, or a dishwasher," and all of a sudden, you know two, four, six, ten years later, they're with us and they're in management. 
and 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 they're providing for their families like they never thought they would do because I go back to those early years of let's be a team. Let's be a great teammate. Like I, I mentioned, there's nothing better in life than being a part of the team. And, and some of these people, they've never been a part of a team. And all of a sudden they come in there and like, God, this is really cool. This this is a family. And and that's that's more important to me than any dollar that, that we can make is is the the positive impact that we're making on the these teammates that we have and the communities that we're serving. Yeah, I mean, so how does that feel as an owner, knowing that you have people come in at server, dishwasher, busser, what have you, level, and see them years later still within the system, still a part of the team and moving up that ladder? It's it's the most gratifying thing to me because it, it's that walk-on spirit, right? right. I mean, it's... it's Look, I was I was a walk on from South Louisiana. I mean, should I mean from White Castle, Louisiana, that got an opportunity to play in, in LSU and just took advantage of the opportunities I had, and you know, grew this business because of great people that that wanted to be a part of our team, and now we can pay forward to to other people joining our team. And you know, I mention this all the time. It, it, I don't care what position uh, a teammate may come in at. It's what's the potential that we can get them to, and yeah. and that's the key to me because, yeah, I mean, right in the restaurant world, the 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 dishwashers, the quote unquote man or woman on the on the totem pole, right? That's kind of like an entry level position. But I pose this question to our teams all the time: if it's Friday night, seven thirty, hour and a half wait, our general manager walks out of the building, how bad is the shift going to be? And most people go, oh, you know, we'll make it. Okay, Friday night, 7.30, hour and a half wait, your dishwasher walks out of the building. How bad is that shift going to be? And they're like, oh, man, we're screwed. I said, exactly. You know, so that's just just because her, his or her title might not be where it is now. Think about how important that person is to the team. And and that's that walk-on, right? That, that That's that role player. And I, I can't tell you how many dishwashers we have in our system that are managers now. That's crazy. And, and, and look, I look forward to the day that, that we have a dishwasher that's a franchise owner. Like, that's my goal, that I can get an hourly team member to be a franchise owner. But, you know, for me now, like I said, culture's everything, and I spend a lot of time getting out in our restaurants and, and celebrating, we call them our wow moments, our walk-ons way moments. That's anything, really nothing to do with the X and O's of the restaurant. You know, yeah, you can be a great server or something like that. But, I mean, just how are we impacting uh, the, a, a person or our community? I was out in Lubbock, Texas the other day, and um, they had a – here's our napkin right here. We had a we had a guy on the back of our napkin. It says – you know, it, it shows our original drawing, but on the back it says, your story starts here. Cheers to you and your dreams. And there was a Puerto Rican immigrant that drew, man, I want to open up. He was working for FedEx or, or UPS or something. He goes, I would love to open up my own brewery on here. And he wrote it and he kept it with him. And and now he's got a brewery in Lubbock, Texas, that we actually serve on one of our taps. And he's going to start expanding. And so he's he's an entrepreneur now. And it was all because of what we did. And, our team, and, and one of our teammates in the – uh, one of our bartenders like, hey, you never heard the story about our founder, and he drew it on a napkin, and so he drew it on there, and so we went out and celebrated with him about his brewery out there in Lubbock, Texas, and hopefully, you know, we we told him as soon as he's ready to expand, we got four other restaurants in the West Texas market that we want to put him on our taps, and so 
it was a pretty emotional day. But I mean, that's that's being more than a restaurant, right? Yeah. That, that's that's you know inspiring that lifestyle. Yeah, it's proven the way that you can go about doing things out of the ordinary in your own way, in your own fashion, and making it. You know, actually getting through to that other side from small business to making it big. Think about Chick Fil A. I mean, it's I, 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 we talk about it all the time in our system. Uh, the chicken's good, but it, but but it, it, I mean, it's a crew. It, it's it's, it's the team it, members. It's it's not the chicken, right? I mean, it's it's what they're doing that they're they're impacting all those kids that work in those restaurants. I mean, think about their marketing. It's two people sitting on a couch telling that like this, yeah, they're telling a story, right? It's 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 the positive things that they're doing, and that's why people trust them. Right. That's why if they have 22 cars in their drive through and there's two across their competitor across the street, you're probably going to go sit in that line. Right. But nine times a 10, you'll get through that one quicker. <laughs> but but also it's because, incredible how you do it. Yeah. But 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 you trust them. Yeah. Right? And, and because they they believe in something bigger than just the chicken sandwich. It's 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 everything that they've kind of I mean, look, it's 50 years now of, of them doing it the right way. But it's um, it's impressive. And it's, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I know I haven't. Let me know if you have, if you've ever been to one that's, the line's not in the street. No, And, <laughs> and there is nowhere. I could have my, my 11-month-old son screaming in the back seat, and I know I'm still going to get through that line quick yeah. enough to make it and get dinner and get home. And Todd does it with Canes as well. Yeah. I mean, it's same type of culture. I mean, it, it's, it's. It's just impressive what they've in there. They're, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time. We actually, you know, um, talked to a lot of people from Chick-fil-A out of Atlanta and, and just, you know, try to be a sponge to them. And, of course, Todd and AJ and their their team, what they're doing right here in, in our backyard as well is, I mean, a global brand now. It's, oh, yeah. it's, it's his chickens. Now, his chicken's good. <laughs> um, but but their crew is unbelievable too, and what he's yeah. done with that culture. I mean, it's all about culture and getting those system and processes in place to where the culture and the team members know it, the customers know it. I mean, they said, look, you give Chick Fil A the ability to navigate the going home traffic from LSU games. Yeah, everybody be home you in less than ten out. minutes. Yep, you can figure less it out. than ten minutes, they be home. They'd have cones out there for sure. <laughs> so you are. Like we talked before, you were 95, 98% of your time is dedicated to walk-ons. But here in Baton Rouge, you've actually opened up another concept off of Perkins Road by Blue Bonnet yeah. called Supper Club. Yeah. What is What the heck is that, man? Yeah, it's, it's crazy, right? I mean, no. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not a walk-on. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it, my, my wife, Mackenzie, and I, uh, it's not like we have a whole lot of time on our hands. Right? Like I just mentioned, we got three under the age of six, but... You know, look, we've been fortunate to, you know, with our walk-ons growth to to travel to different cities and and see different concepts. And like I always said, then I still to this, I mean, Baton Rouge is my home, and the, and the food scene here is unbelievable. What I, I thought we had an opportunity with is with is is um, is raising the the atmosphere scene a little bit, and with along with great food. And so there was probably six or eight inspirational restaurants around the city, I mean, sorry, around the country that, that we had been to and, uh, you know, a couple out of Dallas, uh, down in South Florida and uh, out in Vegas, you know, some of those those great restaurants and some of those hotel casinos out of there. And um, at first it was an idea, kind of like walk-ons, and I was like, man, yeah, I want to do it because it, it felt selfishly it was a place that I wanted to go to. And, and so Mackenzie and I, I mean, we spent, 
two or three years on uh, just really diving in, just making sure that it was a place and uh, spent a lot of time courting my now operating partner, uh, Leighton Carbo. Um, and I know I wanted, first of all, it, it came down to culture, it came down to character for me first. I mean, I feel like anyone can figure out how to cook, right? But you got to right. be the, a great person first. And, and so, um, yeah, it, it's, it's a dinner only, um, fine dining, uh, uh, restaurant and and it, it's not like we reinvented the wheel of restaurants we didn't it's just probably something that baton rouge in south louisiana has never seen and it's uh you know we're tuesday through saturday night just five out you know five to ten it's called supper club but it's open to the public um and and we just it, my my purpose there was uh, to create meaningful moments and, and that's how it started. Once again, every concept, anything I've ever done starts with a purpose. It, it didn't start with like, oh, I want to do that. No, it's like, what do we, what do we want to do here? We want to create a meaningful moment for everyone that walks in that building. And so it started off with uh, kind of a speakeasy vibe, you know, no windows. It's a little darker than, than usual. Um, the vibe, uh, setting is everything. Uh, it's like Danny Meyer said in his book, you know, uh, hot dogs taste better at the ballpark. Margaritas taste better at the beach. Um, it, it's, it's setting it's is everything, yeah. especially in in the restaurant business. And so uh, we just wanted a little bit of a sexiness. And, you know, when when people come, you, I mean, get dressed up, right? I mean, what, what was the spot? Like, instead of just putting on jeans and a T-shirt, you know, put on a collared shirt, maybe a blazer and come in there. And whether it just be a date night or a, a night with friends, Um but also, I mean, the food, it, it was, Leighton and I spent tons of time traveling throughout the country, sort, I mean, testing uh, the, the, the best meats and the best fish in the world. Uh, we're one of six restaurants in the country that, that is getting this Japanese A5 Wagyu from Perfecto, Japan. Um, it's, it's meat butter. It, How it, did you it, score that? Oh, uh, it's, it's crazy. You, you, you know when you got good meat, when I have to pay them, to be able to buy it from them. So I had to join a membership. Okay. Yeah, and first of all, they had to approve me, and, and it comes down to geographically, is there any other restaurants that are serving this around us? And so, because they didn't want it. Create, you know, create like a they, demand. They want to create the demand. Got it. And they, they had to check out, okay, what's the rest of our menu? Is this really <laughs> going to be a place that we want our play, our stuff in? And, and so uh, after we got that approved and I sent them a check, now I can start buying it. Um, but it's, it's unbelievable. And then the domestic Wagyu, each one of our forms, um, we, we are is specifically like, it, it wasn't just like, okay, just send us the best prime. No, we, we want to know where the cows are coming from. We actually have a Segrera cut, um, that's coming from Ethel, Louisiana. Sean Segrera is one of the best cattle farmers in, in, I, Find another one like he, him. He's he's very good. And 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 uh, Chef John False, our friend friend of mine, uh, he he introduced us to Sean. And this meat is if you find a better steak than that. Um, I mean, some of his grades are like the thirteen fourteens, where regular prime steaks that you get at other restaurants are like a nine. And and so th this marbling in this steak, and then you know our our. New Zealand salmon and and our our sea bass and just just every you know our, our Alaskan king crab that we're getting flown in. I mean it's just it's different, right? But it, the menu's not huge, um, but uh, it's just we're getting comments back and and you know the most gratifying thing to us is people from Baton Rouge and here in this area and they're just saying thank you, 
you know, and, and I, I'm, I'm saying thank you to them for spending money at our restaurant. Right. But I, I mean, I think we're, we're creating meaningful moments for these people and, and, and giving Baton Rouge something that a lot of people said Baton Rouge isn't ready for that. Why not? You know, just, uh, we, we, and I had the opportunity to do it and, um, you know, it's it's pretty cool seeing, you know, people that are making reservations from New Orleans and Lafayette and Shreveport and Houston. Um, it, it's 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 really cool. Yeah, that is to have somebody coming in from Houston, it's powerful. That's not a short drive. Shreveport's not a short drive no, either. No, it's it's cool. I mean, it's you know, we got Ole Miss coming this weekend and people unfortunately there's not a lot of people. We're only 145 seats. And so uh it, it's we couldn't accommodate many of them. Um, but it's 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 cool that we're getting the word out as people are traveling to Baton Rouge that this is a this is one of their spots to stop. When I think that in and of itself, that controllability within the seating arrangement and how many people are within the restaurant, you know, typical restaurants or how many how many people can we put in here and how many exactly. how many times can we turn over the tables? We're like with y'all we're doing with supper club. How many people can we have create a special moment? and not be worried about flipping that table. That's exactly right. And and that's and I think our management team appreciates McKinsey and I's approach from from day one that it's it's yes, it, it'd be great to make a lot of money right doing this, but it, right. th- that wasn't the purpose. It's create meaningful moments. That'll be a result. And so uh, us sticking to uh, it only an eight top. That's the largest we're going to do is because we don't feel like we can give the level of service with a bunch of tables being pushed together. So a lot of people in the meeting, they didn't get that. It's like, we want to bring 12 people or, or 14 people and you're not going to accommodate. We will. We, we could do two seven tops. Yeah, we'll, you know, we'll break you up. We could break you up. But, I mean, honestly, the, the first person is not going to be able to talk to the 14th person anyway. I mean, right. but it, it's, it's just something that's never been done here. But, I mean, for us, we just it was a lot of – everything is intentional. Every decision that we made was intent. It wasn't just like, oh, we no, because we feel like once a server gets over eight people, you just don't get the attention you need. Hundred percent. And reservation only, and making sure we just didn't pack them in there. It was not be rushed. We're not trying. I mean, we we found that off early on that you know even the five o'clock reservation, like people were coming spend. Two and a half, three out, because they're enjoying their night. You know, I mean, once again, the it's, setting, it's the activity of yeah. the night. Yeah, it's the music playing, and it's it's just they're 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 enjoying it. And so, um, our our team has appreciated that, and and we're we're seeing good results from that as well. I mean, and that plays into Louisiana and Baton Rouge culture specifically. When we get together in a group setting or a family setting, it's around a table to eat. Absolutely, it's around a meal, and so. Not everybody is going in trying to get in and out in an hour. No. You know, especially at, at a place like Supper Club, you're not going to run in there, eat as quickly as you can, and get out to go to the next activity. If you're going in a place like this, that is your activity. You're bringing the family members to share and experience that whole evening together, and that's it. That's exactly right. And that's why, you know, people are like, man, I can't believe you're going to do Friday lunches and stuff. Well, it, it's, it's going away from our vision, right? Because, I mean, if... Yes, it may be a Friday lunch, and some people may take three-hour Friday lunches, but I don't want anyone to ever have to come in there and like, man, i got to get back to the office for 1 o'clock. Because, and, and it's not the same during the day. Right? Yeah. Like you're going out, you're, you're going home, you're, you're going, you know, take a shower and, and get ready to go to supper club that night and because I want to make sure. And that's why we've been so strict on the dress code and all that stuff, just because I want to create a meaningful moment for everyone in the restaurant. And I don't want it to just be, 
uh, you know, just a normal night out. Like, like come in and 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 have fun. And, and it's not like we're we're sitting just because you got to get dressed up. You got to charge that much. No, I mean we're right in line with all the other fine dining establishments here in town. It's just we wanted to do it a little bit different, and you know, put our put our marketing dollars inside the four walls with the with the live DJ. And you know, this Friday night we got a live violinist coming in. We had one a couple weeks ago, and just something different for the city. Yeah, and it's very different yeah. from what else is available in the city. So yeah. y'all are knocking it out of the park with Thank that. You. Thank you. Um, and as we get begin to wind down the show, we have four questions we ask everybody that comes on. Mm-hmm. The first one being, what is something you did as a kid you wish you could still do today? Whew. Well, you know, look, as a kid, I, uh, I always, always played basketball. I mean, that was kind of my, my dream, right? Um, you know, but... I, I think, you know, when it, it, aside from sports, uh, I would love to still be able to hoop a lot. But I, I think more importantly, it was, it, you know, I, I was my my grandparents were a lot older. Uh, I was late. My, my parents were in their 40s. I was an accident when they had me. So I didn't get to spend a <laughs> You're whole a delayed lot. blessing. I was a Brandon. delayed, yeah, delayed yeah, yeah, blessing. Let's, let's tell, tell my mom and dad that. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, just growing up and, and getting to know my grandfather a little bit, uh, I, I think it would just be able to go back and spend a little bit more time. And you don't know at that time, right, and how how little time you have with him. But I think that would be one of the things, uh, along with still being able to hoop like I used to. These old these old dogs don't let me do that anymore. <laughs> they're not they're not as agile. No, not at all. I'm, I, I I put it into a golf swing. There you go. Not a very good one. But, hey, yeah, you'll get there, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the. Uh, like playing playing sports with kids is you want to be able to make sure you can still beat them while you can because you know you won't be able to forever. Exactly right. Exactly right. So you've done walk-ons as the main concept throughout your last 20 years, mm-hmm. but you've also dabbled in other visions and other brands. What are three lessons you've learned along the way with walk-ons and doing other things outside of walk-ons that you've kind of picked up as you've been progressing? Yeah, I, I think I, and I mentioned it a few times here during this, this show, it's, it's, it, it has to come with purpose first. It, it's, and you know, back in the day, I didn't, I didn't realize that uh, it, it was, man, we, we got to look at the PL. Let's, let's make sure we're making money. And, and yes, that is important. But if, if you don't start with that, um, it, it's, it's, I'm not saying you're, you're doomed for failure, but it's just really tough to get your team to rally around you. I think uh, a, a positivity, you know, I mean, the, the world, especially today, uh, is filled with a lot of negativity. And, and, and if there's one thing that I think that got me through, I was just, I'm just generally a positive person. Uh, I get that, you know, from my parents. Uh, my dad's always just a pie. Everybody said Mr. Alton's just always so happy and positive. And, and I've, thank goodness, uh, I've, I've inherited that and, and, but I mean, positive people change the world, and and, and you know if, if you feel positive and uh, you know people rally around you and and you can do some crazy things. And I, I think the last thing is is never never underestimate the the, the power of and and the the value of relationships. Uh, relationships are key. Uh, that the reason uh, the big reason for our success is just relationships throughout the years that I've developed with whether it be vendors like I talked about or uh, business partners that that in in in, you know you treat people right um and and 
doesn't always have to do something for you, right? And, and a lot of times it comes back to you in a good way. And, and so there's been business partners that I had no idea down the road they, they could make a huge influence on our business uh, that, that we were just developed a relationship first. And so I, I think those three things, man, and like if you, if you keep it positive and like I mentioned, have your purpose and then relationships or it, we build relationships each and every day. And, you know, if, if you can get someone to trust you and you trust them, it's amazing what, what you can do together. 100%. And getting that trust is kind of the hardest thing to get. It can be lost very quickly. Absolutely. You can spend a whole lifetime building trust and you can do one thing. And that's what we try to tell our, our operators. Uh, it's, like I said, we'll give you the X and O's of running it, but you have to go build trust in your team. You know, do things outside of selling cheese fries. You know, maybe do a field day or, or you know, we, we have one of our operators, one of our best in the system. He sits in our banquet room on his day off. It's an open door policy. And they can come in there and talk to them about anything. Maybe they're having problems in school. Maybe they're having problems at home. But think about the the relationship that he's building there and the trust that he's building in that team. And guess what? They'll do anything in the world for that restaurant Yeah, because they trust him. Yeah. And he also knows if they send a text or a message at the last minute that something came up, something really came Absolutely. up. Absolutely. And he's yeah. not going to be sitting there as an operator thinking, well, maybe they're just trying to pull one over on me. Exactly maybe they're right. just trying to – you know, maybe they had too much to drink last night and they're just hung over and can't come in today. He's going to know based on their conversations they've had over the course of however long they've been there that no, something really did come up because that's Absolutely. what type of people they are. They're not the ones that are going to give you the short end of the stick. They're there for the team all the time, but also they're humans just like everybody else. Yep. They have stuff that Things comes happen. up. They have issues. No doubt. So what is something you love about Baton Rouge? The people. I mean, look, it's... There's, I've, like I mentioned, we, we travel all over the place. I just flew in from Atlanta an hour ago, and, and they got some great cities. There's just something about, you know, South Louisiana, Baton Rouge. When you, when you come here and you come home and, and people come visit us, it, it's, it, it's just people care about each other. And, and you know, I... Of course, there's a lot of negativity, like I just mentioned, going around and, and things like that. But there, there's nothing like being here and, and people are like, how you mom and them? You know, and, and it's just, and like you mentioned earlier, it's it's all revolving around a meal. You know, I say it all the time as we open up around the country. People down here, they, they don't eat to live. They live to eat. And, 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 you know, everything that we do, every tailgate that we're doing, it's like, all right, what's it? Dustin Loveless was texting me today, you know, this is what we're doing for the tailgate on, on Saturday at our walk-ons tailgate. It's, it, it's, it's all about that. And, man, people appreciate it. Like when, you know, the, some of the, the TV and radio personalities, you know, come to town, like Ryan Rosillo, he cannot wait to come here for Bama weekend because he knows Baton Rouge is just – you heard Scott Van Pelt talk about when he comes into an LSU game. I mean, it's different down here, man, and it's it's this will always be home. Yeah, we have a <coughs> we have a way of making our impact lasting beyond the Absolutely. visit to Baton Rouge. Absolutely. So, for the final question, what can I do to help you? You personally? Yeah, me, the show. Who? Yeah. Look, I I think you know when it when it comes to Baton Rouge, um. You know, we all got to rally, right? Like, I, I've, I, I don't think it's any secret out there that, um, you know, we had to open, we opened up a satellite office in Atlanta, um, and and uh, 
to be completely transparent, it was it's being tougher and tougher, becoming tougher and tougher for for us to attract talent uh, to move to Baton Rouge. Um, and when you talk about school systems and you talk about crime rates and things like that, and so I think it's 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 not what you can do for me. I think it's what we all can do for this city and 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 keep pushing to make it safer, to to make it better for our kids. Uh, you know, we all got to rally behind this and 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 stand strong you know, because um, it, it can go it, it can go the wrong way quickly, and yeah. and and we're seeing that, and and especially as we're a growing brand that are attracting um, lots of people um, and, and raising canes and Marucci sports. And I mean, you, you name it, we got some great industries. I mean, some national brands, just these three right here, right. born within 15 miles of each other. Um, but we can't, we can't lose talent. We can't let people graduate LSU and move away. First things like where I'm going, Houston, Dallas, Atlanta. No, 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 we, Where's the we, next big city we yeah, can go to? But you know, when it when it comes to for to us that 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 we have to, and and it becomes a problem when when they come in and they love walk-ons and they want to work for us, and and they look at the school system and they look at the crime rate, uh, it freaking pisses me off. You know that that I have to go open up a damn Atlanta office to be able to attract talent, and and so um, I think we all need to do this for each other and. And really figure out what's going on and how we can how we can help this city. And understand that when we all come together, it's not going to happen overnight. No, it's not. And it may not even be something that we see the benefit of, but we have to accept that what we're doing is for the next generation coming up. Our kids. For the our, yeah. for our kids, for the future entrepreneurs, the future business leaders. If we don't think we're gonna be here to see resolution. Let's do everything we can to make sure that those coming up behind us do. Absolutely. And if it takes some suffering and some patience in the meantime to get through all that, then so be it. Because we know that by the end of the day, steps that we've taken today are going to make sure that in the future, people don't have to go through everything. Absolutely. And, and you, that's right. I mean, because it can't be people coming in with this idea. It's like, well, it's been six months. It, it, yeah. nothing's, why has no. why nothing happened? Yeah, it, it's, it's going to take some time, but it's going to take our leaders in the community and, and, and everyone to, to, to really come together and, and say, man, we got to make some changes. Uh, because if not, like you said, our, our, our kids are going to suffer and, and, and the city. I mean, yeah. this is, it, this place is too awesome. Like I just mentioned, I mean, there's, there's not many places on earth that you can come to. And I mean, it's, it's just cool. And when, when we're right and when you're here on a, on a Saturday and whether it be, an LSU game, a Southern game. I mean, there's just something about our culture that it that is it's so infectious, and people all over the world love it. But um, you know, when people are ready to move out, and and people don't want to move here to work here, and things like that, um, we got to look at ourselves in the mirror. Yeah, and it it should hurt all of us whenever we feel whenever we hear that yes. they don't want to come here for X, Y, and Z. It's not necessarily we can't pass the buck anymore. Exactly. You know, right. We have to figure out what we can do individually and then collectively as a whole to take small strides to actually get something done I agree. and making sure that what we do and what we're able to do, everybody else can kind of rally around that. You know, we're all living here. We're all breathing the same air. We're all driving through the same roads, however terrible they may be. And we have to collectively say, what can I do to help my neighbor? 100%. And agree more. If, if we can't do that, 
then our kids are going to be having the same conversation 20 years from now. I agree. I agree. And it's going to be a lot worse conversation. Yeah. A whole lot worse. Yeah. So, man, thank you so much for coming on the Absolutely, show. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you taking the time and I appreciate you, uh, especially coming after a, getting off the plane an hour ago, man. Yeah. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, I was actually at our land office today. And so I'm glad we can make it happen. But thank, thanks for all you're doing for the city and, and um, giving me an opportunity. Every time I can tell our, our walk ons and supper club, and we didn't talk much smalls, but yeah, we got small sliders too. Yeah. We yeah. Got, we, we didn't even yeah, get, we get to smalls, smalls man. Yeah, yeah. Smalls is growing, growing. So we'll uh, go check out some cheeseburger sliders too. Heck it. We'll have to do like a, a live, we'll do a live show at smalls. There we go. There we go. That'll be a fat free show. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Brandon, for coming thank you, on. Man. Appreciate, Appreciate it, the time. Yep. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank you everybody else for tuning in, whether you're watching the show or you're listening to the show. I really appreciate it. And I know the guests do as well. Um, if you are around a walk-ons and you haven't been to it yet, just go try it. Like there's nothing I can say that is going to give you any proof than sitting in that table and having that meal for the very first time or going back for a second time. Go out there, support walk-ons, support small, support supper club, get you a reservation on the books as quickly as you can. And also guys and gals, Let's, let's band together and let's see what we can do to make sure that people opening up offices outside of Baton Rouge is not the forcible reality they have to do, but they're doing it because they can't contain the growth here in Baton Rouge. You know, let's do something like that. So let's come together, make this town a better place. And thank you all so very much for watching and tuning in to the latest episode of the Patty G Show. And thank you very much to the wonderful sponsors that make this show possible each and every week. Hearing a little bit more about them right now. Sell your home for a $399 flat fee with Falaya. No, seriously. Falaya will list your home on the MLS and help you get all the way to the closing table for as little as a $399 flat fee. Our online platform is insanely easy to use and will save you thousands. If you're thinking about selling your home in 2022 and want to keep more of your hard-earned equity in your pocket, you need to check out Falaya. Falaya, real estate reimagined. Thank you all so very much for listening to this episode of the Patty G Show brought to you by Government Taco. They're located on the corner of Government Street and Jefferson Highway. Jay is always slinging up a new taco of the month, so if you're a frequenter to Government Taco, let us know in the comments what you thought about this month's taco of the month. If you're not a frequenter, maybe trying out this month's taco might just convert you. Big thanks over to them at Government Taco for making the Patty G Show possible. Imagine taxiing on a plane looking toward the end of the runway. It seems so far away, it's even hard to see it. And that's what the concept of retirement probably felt like when you were in your 20s, 30s, and 40s, way far in the distance, not visible or even a concern. But as you turn 50, something happens. Retirement suddenly seems like something real, something not too far away. In your 50s, you are rolling down the runway, Retirement is getting closer and closer, faster and faster, weeks and months zipping by. But are you even ready for a successful takeoff to retirement? Fear not, there's still runway left, but the time is now. Time to make progress and time to get a plan. The Runway Decade will help you get organized, get energized, and give you the direction you need to take off to your desired retirement. The Runway Decade building a pre-retirement flight plan in your 50s. Thank you to Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge for making this show possible. Nick Pentis is a past guest. We love having him on. Listening to him talk about the culture they have over at Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge is really an incredible thing to hear. 
how they treat not only their employees, but every customer that walks through the door. You are more than just a number to them. They're going to give you that white glove concierge service every step of the way. They're going to make you feel like family and take what can be a stressful time in people's life. Shopping for a car, they're going to make it so enjoyable and so pleasurable. You're going to want to go back there time and time again for every new vehicle. Thank you so very much for Mercedes-Benz of making this show possible. Thank you to our wonderful sponsor, Lake Men's Health Center with our Lady of the Lake Physicians Group. Guys, I know it's tough to get out and go to the doctor. I know it's challenging to find time in our busy days, but I promise you signing up to be a part of this group with Dr. Curtis Chastain and Dr. Tyler Boudreaux, you won't regret it for several reasons, but most of those being the fact of the time it saves, where you're able to get in on the same day, get that appointment done, and spend that time you need to talk with them about what your health goals and concerns are, as well as ensuring that the financial investments you have, you will be able to live out and see those come to fruition. So if you're an investing guy, you know all about and planning for the future and investing in the future. There's no no other more important thing to invest in than your health. Make sure you go check them out. Our Lady of the Lake Physicians Group Men's Health Center and tell them Patty G sent you. Thank you so very much to Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, the latest Patty G Show sponsor. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers is serving up hand-battered, cooked-to-order chicken fingers, crispy, crinkle-cut fries, buttery Texas toast, fresh coleslaw, and mouth-watering cane sauce. So y'all stop by for meetups and wind-downs, lunch breaks and dinner fixes, pre-games and after-parties, or whenever your chicken finger cravings hit, I know my chicken finger cravings are hitting right now. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, one love. Thank you so very much to Currency Bank, a proud sponsor of the Patty G Show. If you are looking for a business bank that fosters on three core values, relationships, service, and technology, Currency Bank is the place for you. They pride themselves on convenient, accessible, and secure online banking resources where you can manage your account balances, initiate transfers, enroll with e-statements, and more via their online portal. Between the relationships, the service, and the technology, they are going to be that partner with your business every step of the way, regardless of what you need. Currency Bank is the bank for business owners.